I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN, a global center of excellence for geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Learn how you can put geopolitics to work for your organization at RAINNetwork.com. Welcome to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. My name is Emma Kami, and I will be your host today. Ideology is often defined as a system of ideas and ideals that anchor political or economic systems, and they can have a substantial influence in how states behave. But specific ideologies can be difficult to define, and how they influence a state's policies even more so. Here today to talk about ideological influences in geopolitics is Ryan Bull, a senior Middle East and North Africa analyst here at the RAIN Network. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks for having me, Emma. So let's start with the why. Why do geopolitical analysts focus on ideology? So often geopolitics is thought of as, as economic transactions or militaries uh, having you know invading other countries or we think of big geopolitics things like uh, the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, but lurking behind state behavior is this belief system that animates populations. It animates states. It gives coherence uh, to what their actions are and why sometimes some states decide to uh, – carry out actions that that don't necessarily make sense uh, to an outside observer. Um, the idea of ideology is it is a replacement in some ways for religion. It's a secular way of looking at the world and giving coherence and having answers uh, when you don't necessarily have answers for something, if you, you may lack the data. Uh, ideology helps you bridge those narrative gaps. If you want to understand the world in a way where you're not looking at things through a religious lens, you can look at it with an ideological lens. And politicians and voters and supporters of governments uh, use ideologies to kind of shortcut uh, this lack of, of of data that they might have when they're making their decisions. So, uh, a hardcore nationalist will believe that their nation state has you know ethnic or, or uh, cultural supremacy over others uh, because they don't fully understand what these other cultures might be about, and they use nationalism to kind of find their place within the world and and to. Uh, uh, support certain policies uh, that allow them to understand uh, their relationships with their neighbors better. What are some current examples of ideology influencing state behavior? So perhaps the best and most recent example is this Russian ethno-nationalism that's, that has emerged and become really at the forefront of, of why Russia is invading Ukraine. Uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine didn't make a whole lot of sense from a democratic capitalist ideological viewpoint. And we in the West tend to think that we are non-ideological, uh, but we do have a, you know, this democratic capitalist, uh, ideological worldview and, and that centers things like human rights and it centers things like economics and it centers things like diplomacy as our preferred methods of statecraft because of the way that we view the world and the way, the way that we, uh, uh, have relationships with our neighbors. Well, within Russia, especially under the Putin, uh, government since 1999, this assertion, assert, a resurgence of, of Russian ethno-nationalism has started to center the idea of the Russian nation and this Russian ideal, which draws from you know these these different strands of history and these these uh, different cultural traditions to kind of create this Russian supremacist worldview uh, that eventually found its 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 ultimate expression in the invasion of a neighbor. Uh, the belief that the Russians should be in control of of former territories and and should be rebuilding a, a lost empire. All of that is helping animate 
uh, both the Russian politicians who are ordering the invasion as well as the soldiers that are fighting it and, of course, the citizens who are supporting it. If somebody wants to ask uh, an ordinary Russian, you know, why is there a war in Ukraine, they're going to get an ideological answer. They're going to get an answer that isn't necessarily something uh, that breaks down to just realist logic, like that there was a there was a strategic threat coming out of Ukraine. Instead, the answer that they're going to be getting is an ideological one, uh, which is that Ukraine should be part of Russia or that Ukrainians uh, don't exist, that there is no such thing as a Ukrainian. They're all just a variety of Russians that need to be reunited. Um, these things are not necessarily grounded in true empirical reality, but they are grounded with an ideological reality within this, this ideological worldview uh, that has been crafted very carefully by the Kremlin. But this isn't the only example of ideology uh, that's been asserting itself uh, uh, on geopolitics recently. We're seeing certainly nationalist ideologies starting to appear in places like Israel, uh, in places like China. Uh, to an extent within the United States, we've seen a resurgence of, of nationalism as well as isolationism that has pushed against you know our, our democratic capitalist traditions. Um, the best example of, of, of the United States kind of pushing against its own internal ideology of democratic capitalism was under the Trump administration. Um, they were carrying out trade, uh, an extended trade war with its lar- one of its largest trading partners, uh, China, and doing so for ideological reasons. There, there wasn't necessarily a immediate strategic driver uh, to force the United States to, you know, lose money in those trade transactions. Uh, but there was an ideological one: the belief that that China is, is on the rise and will eventually. Uh, Challenge the United States in a, in a in a notable way, and the belief that the United States needs to stuff uh, snuff that out. The actual data of Chinese behavior leaves it uncertain. We don't know the answer to whether or not uh, China is going to grow to the point where it's going to aggressively challenge the United States. But we do have an ideological answer, which is informed by American history and society and and, and traditions and culture uh, that found expression under the Trump administration and has now kind of become part of the the mainstream of American politics. So. We had this assumption that ideology had kind of disappeared with the end of communism and that democratic capitalism was going to basically take over the world and and, and was going to animate all state behavior and therefore things would be predictable and it would be very easy. And now we're starting to see some both older alternative national you know alternative ideologies resurge. Uh, we're also seeing new ideologies emerge uh, as the multipolar world sort of unfolds and and it's making things more difficult to uh, to predict. Uh, how can we draw forward the lessons of ideology to help us become better forecasters? And, and this is this is probably the trick. This is the most difficult part for a geopolitical forecaster because a lot of ideologues will say things that they don't mean uh, in an attempt to win over supporters. You know, it's very hard to necessarily believe uh, some of these folks because some of the ideolo- ideological statements that they make don't necessarily make any strategic sense. You know, for example, North Korea is always threatening to destroy South Korea and reunite the peninsula. But we know that the North Koreans know that if they were to start a second Korean war, they would face overwhelming force and be destroyed and that deterrence basically prevents them from following through on that ideological logic uh, to attack South Korea. Um, But on the other hand, there are places where like once uh, Vladimir Putin started to make it clear that he didn't believe that Ukraine is a real country and had a right to statehood – that started to animate Russian policy. And it becomes difficult for a forecaster to say, okay, when will ideological logic start to run a country's strategy? Or when will, uh, when is this basically just rhetoric and window dressing? This is a politician making promises as usual that they don't mean to follow through. And 
it takes a, a careful analysis and an examination of, of both the constraints and the moment and also uh, some personality analysis. Sometimes we need to look into the worldview that animates a leader and, and where they're getting their information from. Uh, we now know uh, that, that Vladimir Putin had narrowed his inner circle so that a lot of the voices that might have said the war in Ukraine will not go the way that we are initially planning or that there's a lot of these constraints to, to carrying out this military campaign. We now know that those folks were pushed out of the room or that they weren't part of the initial conversation. And so he was surrounded by a, a set of fellow ideologues who were basically telling him what he more or less wanted to hear. They were all true believers together, and they all believed that this project uh, could be taken uh, – could could be done without a great deal of cost. Uh, and, and that will be something that is important for us to look at places like China and, and places like Iran and Israel as we're examining uh, these countries with surging nationalist ideologies um, and wondering whether or not the, the leaders are getting good information, whether or not the leaders are in, in, in information vacuum, uh, whether or not these leaders still accept that these traditional constraints that – that, that restrained previous state behavior, whether or not they still accept that. Um, and it's going to be tricky going forward because not every single time when there is an ideologue in power, uh, does that mean that that state is all of a sudden going to start breaking through restraints and trying to 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 do things that that might not make a whole lot of sense to outside observers. And uh, and that's one of those parts that we're going to have to continue to to weigh very carefully. Um, and sometimes we're going to be wrong and sometimes we're going to be right uh, because the ideologues lack of respect uh, for empirical data is going to make second guessing them a, a bit difficult. And sometimes it really will just boil down to us trying to figure out if when we're inside the head of a, of a leader, uh, whether or not we can think like them and whether or not our empathetic analysis skills are, are polished enough uh, that we can follow their thought process and kind of get the sense of, okay, well, if I was in their, uh, their shoes and I believed that the way they believed, what would I do next? That was fascinating. Thank you, Ryan. Learn how geopolitical events like this could affect your business with RAIN Intelligence Briefs. Our flagship risk intelligence products provide clients with access to the insights and analyses they need to make more informed decisions and drive better risk management outcomes, all for a fraction of the cost you pay yourself. Sign up at RAINnetwork.com. That's R-A-N-E network.com. I'm Emma Kami. Thanks for listening.